Yeah, so it's 70% of Americans view manufacturing as the most important industry for a strong economy and national defense, but only 30% of parents encourage their kids to enter manufacturing. So it's a huge disconnect, right? Like, it's really important Mm -hmm. for somebody else to take care of. Welcome everyone to the Operation Automation Podcast by Omron, where we are talking all things factory automation. My name is Carrie Lee. I'm the product manager for Sysmax Studio, NJ NX Controllers, and NXIO. I've been with Omron for about two and a half years and have about 15 years of experience in automation. Sitting here with me is Kenny Heidel. Hi everyone, I'm Kenny Heidel and I'm a national account manager focusing on channel engagement. I've been with Omron for over three years now and have 12 years of combined factory and industrial automation experience. Kenny and I are neighbors at our Omron office and would often have conversations at the coffee machine or in the hallways where we would talk about products, new technologies and trends, and of course, the Chicago White Sox. We hope to recreate that time here in our podcast and share it with listeners so that you can learn along with us. So whether you are pouring yourself the first or fifth coffee of the day, driving to your first appointment, or walking the dog, we hope to help you start your day off right with a little fun, and hopefully you'll learn something new. So Carrie, I have a huge question for you, okay? Go for it. Where have all the maintenance people gone? Stop, stop. We can't afford the license. (laughs) And I'm sure I can't hit that note again. So (laughs) truly, where have we seen all the maintenance people? Where are they going? Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's a big trend in our industry and it's, you know, no secret that the baby boomer generation is heading right into, um, retirement and leaving the workforce. And there's just not quite the numbers to, to backfill that coming from the younger workforce. Right. I would agree. I even read an article that was talking about, uh, experienced maintenance personnel are retiring at rates of 10,000 per day uh, prior to the pandemic. So you can imagine all of that wealth of knowledge that is just going out the door. And, you know, I think we're seeing it a lot with our customers and concerns over, you know, how they're going to, how they're going to bridge that gap. So I'm kind of curious what you think as far as like, where do you think manufacturing is kind of heading in that sense, you know, trying to replace that wealth of knowledge, but still, you know, with the idea of optimizing, how they're manufacturing products. Right. Yeah. I think uh, one of the articles I read talked about brain drain, right? So take apart even the concept of worrying about just the number of bodies to fill those positions. There's a lot of tribal knowledge that's going away with every single one of those 10,000 people who are leaving. And so there's a big challenge for manufacturers to capture that knowledge. And I think from, from my standpoint, uh, customers tend to try to leverage data, right? And analytics to start Mm -hmm. to understand what's going on. So maybe you had, you know, Charlie who worked at this press for 30 years and he could hear, right, when that motor was going to be replaced and say, oh, I think we got about two more weeks. Well, that person's gone, but how can Mm -hmm. we change that, right? And how can we still have that ability to predict that with someone who maybe has only been here for 30 days instead of 30 years? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you start to see a lot more products. I mean, I can even dig into my old days in the component side, right, mm-hmm. where I was uh, promoting the K6CM motor monitor, like you had mentioned with motors, right? You know, your maintenance guy that 
that knows what a scratch bearing sounds like or even, you know, what the normal temperature of a motor feels like versus when it's potentially overheating, that ability to turn those types of uh, qualitative measurements, right, into something that makes sense to everybody, I think is something that all of us automation manufacturers are starting to focus on. You know, everybody loves data. Everybody wants data out of everything. So it kind of goes along with our first episode where we kind of talked about, you know, the trends in I- IoT and everything like that. So I think I think it's starting to get that way. How do you kind of think Omron, in your mind, is handling some of that transition of knowledge and trying to innovate in a way that makes it easier for, for customers to utilize? Yeah, um, I mean, and not just because it's my product, but the first thing that comes to my mind is the AI controller, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what we're really combining the data with that tribal knowledge or with that inherent knowledge. So when we go in, if we did a custom AI model, you would go in and pull all the data and then work with the engineering team, the operators who are working on that particular process and start to say, hey, look, I'm seeing this in the data. What does that correlate to real time, right? So maybe Mm -hmm. it's Charlie identifying, well, here's where I hear it and I know it's two weeks out and then correlating. Does that really follow with what the data is? If it does, mm-hmm. if it doesn't, and, and starting to create models that way. We've also created models for uh, really common applications. So I think some of that can be done there, right? Because now I'm able to identify trends and then go into that pre-programmed mode to take that preventive action. So maybe Charlie would, let's use your example of a motor, would mm-hmm. know, hey, the motor's getting hot. The next time I have downtime, I'm going to go take a look. Is there something with the bearings? What do we need to do? Um, now we're using data to say, hey, something's out of whack. Let's go into that alternate run mode. So let's let's shift things to the other line and, and take advantage of it. Or let's set a, a um, task for another maintenance person to review that motor, right? So it's it's kind of combining the two. But the key is having that person still there, right? And, right. and capturing that before they leave. Um, right. On like a non-technology part, I've seen a lot of, uh, manufacturers talk about mentoring programs, which mm. is kind of interesting, right? So, yep. you know. Absolutely. Yeah, because I think, you know, we've obviously seen throughout the course of the last 30, 40 years, there's been a larger emphasis on the younger generation instead of going potentially into uh, the trades, which could end up on a production floor, right? Into more getting an education and then potentially not necessarily putting a focus on a manufacturing production line position. I think you had a, a stat that that related how many people thought uh, manufacturing was important versus how many people were actually interested in going into that field. Do you remember what that uh, what that was? Yeah, so it's 70% of Americans view manufacturing as the most important industry for a strong economy and national defense, but only 30% of parents encourage their kids to enter manufacturing. So it's a huge disconnect, right? Like it's really important mm-hmm. for somebody else to take care of. So it brings up a great challenge, right? One is teaching and educating for that tribal knowledge, but then we have to make our industry attractive, right? Mm -hmm. If we kind of do the classic boomer versus millennial comparison, we can start to talk about what are things that are important to a millennial that may not have been to a boomer. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think both of us kind of fall on the the edge cusp, right, of being millennials. I mean, we still... We, we remember rotary phones. We remember cell phones not necessarily being 
readily available in your pocket. Let alone... only. <laughs> yep, exactly. Exactly. Like you have one phone for that's unlimited data. And then you had one phone that you paid for every bit of data or phone call that you used. Right. But I think where it starts to starts to shift us is there's a lot of technology. I think that Omron is starting to come out with that. It's trying to entice engineers and and younger people to be able to say, you know what, that's kind of cool that I could do that. And I, I can't think of a better example than, you know, when we would go to CES for the past couple of years and, and we would have uh, Forpheus playing ping pong, right? I think the point there beyond just the collaboration with machines and, and Omron's mission is automation can be cool. You know, automation can be fun. It doesn't necessarily have to be in this dirty work environment like it can be clean it can be crisp things uh things like that it's an interesting trend that i think we're starting to see more manufacturers also come out with those higher tech uh gadgets because i think it it lends itself to the millennial workforce that where they kind of like to to tinker a little bit do a lot of research you know like you, you could even relate it to like amazon right how, how many reviews do you read on amazon before you finally pull the trigger right, right. Uh, without without getting like analysis paralysis you know yeah. um so one thing i think that you bring up with the forpheus that i think is a really key point in what i've read in a lot of articles as far as trends is let's focus on all the exciting technology that's available and that mm -hmm. is uh, accessible to uh, workers, right? And it's kind of, hey, I don't have to go to Silicon Valley. Maybe I, I grew up in the Midwest. I'm really into robots or I'm really into mm -hmm. writing code. There's an opportunity for me to stay in my hometown, work at a local plant and, and develop the, that skill set, right? We're, we have this exciting IIoT. We have exciting things happening with robots. There's all sorts of exciting things and it's not i'm not gonna go, go to the steel foundry in gary and just move burning hot metal around i'm gonna figure out the science behind that steel i'm gonna understand all that and develop a solution to that problem right so it's it's kind of shifting that mindset um and i think we do a good job of that i think we're good manufacturing citizens here at omran as mm -hmm. far as promoting that like you said with forpheus I know we have a YouTube video I saw come out about millennials in the automation workforce. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. Because our technology is cutting edge, I think we, we really are uh, good leaders in that as far as promoting the excitement in the technology side. I think you do a lot of that. I'd like to hear you talk a little bit about what you see with the engineering trainee program and, and how, we're, how we're attracting millennials and younger to Omron and what mm -hmm. they're looking for. Yeah, I think you definitely see it a lot. You know, a lot of the candidates that I've interviewed, they, they tend to have two very common things on, on their mind. One, what is my day going to look like? You know, there's a, a lot of unknown from the younger, the millennial generation right now of kind of what what does my real job look like? You know, because it's it's changed, right? It's not the typical nine to five type job. You know, sometimes especially as we sit here kind of in a in a pandemic, you know, you're working from home, but you're your time working. There's um, I think you had said it best with the, the work life balance, right? Your responsibility in getting getting your work done. But also there's a lot of other things going on that it's it's shifted away from 30 years ago. Could you imagine the amount of people that are working from home today? I'm, I'm sure if you right. had brought that up to somebody, uh, that would seem like a pipe dream. Mm -hmm. So. 
But then on top of what your day looks like, a lot of what I hear from the the candidates that I talk to are kind of, you know, what's my career path look like? You know, millennials, uh, I'm sure it's been well documented in many articles, don't tend to stay at companies for very long. You know, Mm -hmm. they kind of stay long enough until either they lose interest or potentially do not see a career path and then move on to another company where maybe it looks like the grass is greener spend mm-hmm. a year or two there and then continue to move around. So I think one thing we do at Omron is is really help spell that out to them too as well as show you what your career could potentially look like beyond just the next, you know, one, two years. And I think that's been been advantageous for us to to start to attract really high end talent because of uh, the possibilities that we have. I did want to touch on one other thing, kind of the what you said about making technology, you know, cool related to automation technology. You know, everybody's obsessed with the latest gadget that comes out, you know, from that you can use in your personal life. And I think Omron does a pretty good job of trying to start to bridge the gap of saying, look, there's similar technology type advances that are in automation equipment. An example of that would be like with our safety light curtains that we just came out with that have a uh, Bluetooth mobile app connectivity capability, right? Us in our generation and everybody even younger than us has grown up knowing apps, knowing what they are, knowing how to get them. So I think it's a it's a good thing for Omron to continue to stay on that that front of saying, all right, now we're going to start to try to interface with our customers the way that they like to interface in their, you know, in their personal life. Mm-hmm. Do you kind of see that happening a little bit on the on the controller side or or any other trend maybe that's that would be similar to that? I think pushing the similarities, right? Like, oh, you've done this with Raspberry Pi. Do it. You can do something similar with a controller and here's how it's different, right? As far as like apps and things, absolutely with OPC UA, we make it easy to, you know, uh, I think another interesting trend with millennials is they want to have an impact. They want to mm-hmm. make a difference. So mm-hmm. for example, let's say there's a really motivated plant engineer or even operator who tinkers in, let's say, uh, Android apps. We've mm-hmm. made it very easy with OPC UA to get that data out of a controller and maybe they just created their own visualization. They can start to play around with things and come up with their own solutions and really take advantage of that drive and that creativity. I think that I think is a benefit. You know, we hear a lot of millennials kill what are, what have they killed this week? Paper towels or napkins or something? Right? <laughs> <laughs> There's always something. Whatever you can't buy on Amazon. Right. right now. <laughs> yeah. Napkins. Uh, they're killing. I'm trying to remember some of those. And plus all the avocado toast. So nobody owns a house. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but <laughs> I think the one thing that millennials have done is like really been creative and pushed it. So because our Sysmac Studio is open protocol and we make it easy to connect to anything, we make it easier to, uh, to take advantage of that creativity. It has more of a more of a Silicon Valley approach to it than some of the older stodgier companies. And I say older, uh, we're just as old as them. I probably shouldn't say older. Some of the other companies who probably are a little more stodgy and stick with their, this is the way we do it in automation, right? I think we, mm-hmm. we can be very attractive to, to that tinkerer type of. Money. And I think building on that too. I mean, I, I remember being a young engineer when I started out. And, you know, the engineering mindset initially was related to, I don't want to make a mistake. So I'm going to operate on the status quo. Mm -hmm. And I think that that mindset has shifted to be more of, 
I want to come in. I want to be the next YouTube star for lack right. of a better term. Right. But I want to come in and I want to come up with a PLC program that is going to blow everybody away right. so that they can right. see how valuable I am. It's kind of a, almost like a prove yourself mentality mm-hmm. that I think we're starting to see more in the younger workforce that is coming into manufacturing. Absolutely. And to that point, I mean, not to keep talking up Sismac, but that's my job. <laughs> that Because we have the simulator, it takes away some of that risk and makes that more accessible, right? So maybe, you know, I want to come in and make my impact. I can do a side job. I can test my code. I can prove that it works and then show it without ever having to have any equipment or um, a PLC even, right? So, mm-hmm. again, that innovation mindset that we have at Omron, I think, is very attractive to younger uh, engineers and younger millennials. I think what we probably want to talk about a little bit is how we help our customers attract mm-hmm. them, right? I, I think we I think we help our customers, at least I can talk to it a little bit on the safety side. From a recruiting standpoint for our customers, you know, trying as as they've lost more maintenance people, you know, you're starting to bring in a, a brand new workforce that has minimal experience in those same positions. Uh, so one thing I th- we like to promote on the safety side is really the best way to protect your workers, whether they've worked there one day or, you know, 15 years, is having the appropriate safeguarding, whether yeah. it be door locks, uh, safety interlocks, safety light curtains, laser scanners, everything running to a safety controller, safety monitoring relays. It's really building that that position that, you know, safety comes first. It may be a little bit more of an investment up front, but ultimately then you know that you're protecting your workers. So mm-hmm. as you're starting to train up a new workforce, your requirements, you know, there's still still job requirements related to any job, but you have more of a comforting mindset that through the proper training, there are safeguards in place. You can start to deploy people throughout your manufacturing production line, you know, with less concern that you would have for their for their well-being, right? Right. And that also plays into the millennials want to continue to grow and learn and try something new, right? So maybe I worked in this area and historically, that's a pretty dangerous area. So it takes a really long time. We want to make sure we have certain people where if we know that our machines are safe, we can kind of say, hey, we can do some rotations and talk again. We talk, go back to the career path and, and training, right? Yep. Giving, learn, or maybe not training is not the best word, learning opportunities, right? So. Mm-hmm. Millennials continually feel like they're being challenged and growing at work, whether it's working in a different area of a plant or coming up with that new app that's going to connect to a Sysmac controller and revolutionize Industry 4.0, right? Yep. <laughs> and truly, I mean, for the for the younger workforce, right, automation is the greatest frontier of opportunity, right? Yep. There is no one way that you can fill a pop bottle and ship it. So just similar, I think, to, you know, how there was a boom in computer science and programming in the, the early to late 2000s. I think you're going to see coming up soon. I think we're going to see a bigger trend like that moving into the automation uh, factory automation space just because of the technology has has advanced so much that it's much more readily available. And there's a lot more now you can do with it. Right. So on that point. Whether you're college educated or not, there still needs to be the millennials or younger generations still have some need to learn just general basics of mm-hmm. of manufacturing, of technology. 
And so I guess we could kind of talk a little bit about what we at Omron do, right? We have uh, e-learning, yep. so there's a lot of access, which is great now, right, for COVID, right? Just sit at home, I yep. can do that. So one other thing to point out that Omron is doing that kind of helps us uh, attract that younger generation and get them up to speed and proficient in technology um, is supporting the not just universities, like we've supported several labs, but also um, community colleges, trade schools, et cetera, or pretty much anybody with a .edu address will be able to get a six-month free license of Sysmax Studio. So even, you know, whether it's through a class or just someone has an interest, they can download the software, get used to it, and then take advantage of the e-learning that's available as well, teach themselves. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I mean, it's the the best thing that everybody wants to do, right? I want to try it. I want to test drive it before yeah. I, I make the full commitment. And I think, you know, we do some other good things along that lines, too. You know, we have our proof of concept centers uh, that are located all around. We also have a lot of in-person training, which uh, during the, the COVID times that we're in, there's also uh, a lot of those have been converted to virtual trainings as well. So I think we're I think we're we're trying the, the best we can to really give that that test drive type mentality to a lot of Omron products to really get people to understand, you know, there's a lot that you can do with them. And I think we are starting to see, you know, millennials take advantage of a lot of the new technology. Would you uh, would you agree? Yeah, I think the millennials who do come into manufacturing, they understand that it's a, you know, a good career option, that high salary, good um, career stability and opportunities. It's just a matter of spreading that knowledge, right? Yep, absolutely. So with that in mind, I have a I have a trivia question for you. Okay. Since we're talking about retiring baby boomers, mm-hmm. what state do you think the most baby boomers live in in the United States? Hmm, now, that's a good one because you got to kind of start to think about, you know, where do they put their primary residence? Right? Mm-hmm. You get the snowbirds in Chicago. So I would almost think because there's no income tax and there's so many snowbirds, my guess would be Florida, but Arizona also. Let me go. Let's go with Florida. Florida? Yes. <laughs> I don't, I should have given you a clue because I'm not sure if you would have been able to guess this, but the actual state with the most baby boomers that live in it uh, Maine. is Maine. I just get thought of that. I was reading an article that they, Maine and New Hampshire are paying people to come work there. So like mm. if you're a nurse or a teacher, because the population is aging super fast there. Like there's mm. all these small towns and people grow up there and move out, and nobody stays or moves back. I was just reading a book about that. I should have guessed. Oh. Ah. But that's why. Well, now you know why. Now I know why. <laughs> I would have never, other than just the, the Google monster, <laughs> I have no context behind the question that I asked, other than it relates to our topic. <laughs> well, here's your context. All right, so I'm going to ask you, a uh, since we'll hit the other end of the spectrum, some trivia on millennials. Do you know why they call the generation the millennial generation. They were born into the new millennium. Pretty close. So they said essentially uh, you were in high school or graduating high school during the millennium at the millennium. So in 2000. Um, No, I think the range is really like 81 to 96. So technically I don't know who was in high school. If you, you know, the bookends of that, it's a little, off as far as the younger ones that's where they came up with the name ah, that makes sense yeah 
Well, Kenny, I enjoyed this episode. It was um, a fun topic to talk about with you, and I hope everyone else enjoyed it too. Thank you, everyone, for joining Carrie and me for the Operation Automation Podcast. If you have topics you'd like to hear discussed on future episodes, please send them to our email address, omronnow at omron.com, with podcast idea in the subject line. Also, if you'd like to submit a song to us, we are looking for intro and outro music options. This can be submitted to the same email. Finally, all the cool things you learn on this podcast can be found at automation.omron.com. So until next time, we put the fun in factory automation.